0: What do you guys? Think? If y'all see
1: the uh, Lucy's commercial,
2: there's no rules. Put your shirt back on.
0: There's one rule.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is the absurd journey
3: of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. <laughs> this is the Bless Up Podcast.
2: Welcome back. This is a Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel. I am not here with Corey. He is not here uh, this week, but James is here. And we have the the pleasure and the honor of having people here from two very different L.A.s. We got Louisiana and Los Angeles here. Uh, We're with Lamont and Danielle from Los Angeles, and we got Vincent from Louisiana. So we got lower
3: Akron in here too. (laughs) James (laughs) James James
2: is here as always. As always, (laughs) LA all over the place. It's so exciting uh, to have you guys. Can we? Can you just? uh, Can you just introduce yourselves for a sec so that people can grasp your voice and so that when you're talking, they know who they're hearing.
4: Uh, I'm Lamont Hartman. pastoring uh, the Reconciled Church along with uh, Danielle, and just so super happy uh, to be here with my people, my tribe. Uh, good to see you, James and Rachel.
0: I'm Danielle, and I am so grateful to be here. Thanks for having us. Uh, pastor alongside uh, Lamont at the, Re- the Reconciled Church in Los Angeles and Orange County, California.
1: Uh, yes, how y'all doing? How are you and them? This is Pastor Vincent Smith from Alexandria, Louisiana, the bottom of the map, glad to be here with my people, representing the right L.A., amen.
2: The right <laughs> L.A. The bottom
1: of the map,
3: bottom of the map. All
1: right,
2: so before, uh, before I hit record, I should have hit it sooner, before I hit record, we were having a discussion on church in the wild and what that looks like, and um, man, somebody want to define church in the wild, what does, that, what does that mean when you hear that phrase? Hmm.
4: So we are um, intentionally uh, taking uh, a, the, the verse and, and the song title from Watch the Throne from Kanye West, uh, who is, uh, as we all know, a, a, a new Christian and finding his way in the world and putting out great music and using his gift, uh, leveraging his gift for the kingdom. But I think it's interesting uh, that song Church in the Wild ultimately Uh, Really brings the part to uh, really think speaks to a season that we are in now in the church Uh, out of a pandemic. I think um, we've had to find new ways to to do church, uh, be it online and Zoom and Zoom Bible studies. Uh, and therefore, we're in uncharted territories. The wild is really uncharted territories. We're in a a, a season where uh, people are are uh, deconstructing their faith and reconstructing their faith, which is uh, a very a mystical thing to do in some ways. And it's wild. Uh, you know, the wild is usually an un. An uninhabited place at times. It's a place where um, people don't necessarily go to grow, but things grow in the wild, actually. Yeah. Um, I think the wild is really an untamed place. It doesn't uh, really, um, it's not something that's in a box, how we normally like our church. Uh, the wild is, is not a, a tamed place that it has a lot of structure, but yet uh, things grow there and coexist there. And so uh, I think uh, we're, we're using this term uh, uh, really, in ways um, to really destri- describe, uh, I think where the church is at today, and and hopefully point us ultimately to a place that that if you're in the wild, that you can you can grow there. And know this is a place that God may have led you there. Jesus was led into the wilderness, the wild, and the Spirit met him there. And so we're we're we're, we're really hoping to speak to those that find themselves in that type of
2: environment. So what's been what's been your experience in the wild? I'm looking at, I'm looking at everybody at the table. I'm not looking at any specific person. What's been your experience in the wilderness? I know for me, um, man, I prefer I prefer it. I'd rather be there than than in the structure and with the. Um, you know, with all the, the rules and the expectations and the you show up on this day and you do this thing and I want you to do this specific thing and don't do anything out of pocket, Don't get out of pocket because I might not like that. Like man, give me, give me the wild. I, there's so many ways that I feel like I would I would prefer it there. It feels um, sometimes like I, I don't know if it's like the, the lack of expectations. That I like. I don't know. What do you guys think? What is, what does the wild look like for you? What is the wild, um, what is the, what is your, your experience been? Whether for yourself or with the or with people who are there,
4: I will. I'll maybe I'll I'll continue to to expound a little bit to maybe prov- uh, provoke others with stories. I'll, I'll say this in in terms of what you're saying, Rachel. In terms of the church and preferring it, I didn't actually know that that was my tendency. I was, I like, I'm a person that likes systems and likes structure, I just don't necessarily like to abide by it, I need it there, I need systems, I count on systems, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be like trapped by those systems because my whole life and upbringing was things were happening outside the systems and i needed to get out and tap into that to learn and to grow and so this is when i first realized that what i had what i had aspired to do and be in the church i was at a mega church and uh, i was the outreach pastor and i was pushing the envelope and I'll tell this story as quickly as possible. I was pushing the envelope, <laughs> and as quickly as possible. And I told our church that uh, we gave uh, we gave you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to Joplin, Missouri. So we're t- talking about what two thousand fifteen ish or something, fourteen ish somewhere right there. Remember, there was a flood or something. Oh hap- yeah, yeah. Something happened in Joplin, Missouri, right? We gave like hundreds. Like twenty twelve, something. Like twenty twelve or something. I just, I'm taking you back a little bit, and. And and, and and our church gave hundreds of thousands of dollars to Joplin. And uh, what I saw in Ferguson, Missouri with Mike Brown, I provoked our church to go to Ferguson and said, hey, this is a natural disaster. Do you see burning buildings? They had never been able to see a natural like see it in the terms. They just that's this black people rioting, blah, 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 blah. Right. And I said, no, this is a natural disaster. Like there's an emergency state of emergency. Mm. We should be there. Yeah. And so we took. Hundreds of thousands of dollars to go and to find out what's happening. Actually, me and a camera guy, no one else went, just me and a camera guy, and we went to Ferguson, Missouri, and to make a long story short, I saw a lot of things, and, and we met uh, a pastor, uh, Aeneas Williams, used to be a Super Bowl, uh, he's a Super Hall of Famer, a uh, cornerback was for the St. Louis well, the Rams, pastor, right. pastor in the church. God, like... Right. God was, (laughs) God, we jumped out into the wild and God was lining up. We met Thizzle, the artist, good friend of mine today. Like we were meeting people and long story short, we were at the spot, the memorial set up in the middle of the street where Mike Brown was Mm -hmm. and a group of bikers came there. And they did a a um, they were um, like Revin. Re- Re- revving their in. tires. Yeah. The uh, I can't even go the They were spinning out, if you will. They were spinning out. I mean, they did this huge. This one guy did this major thing. Smoke was everywhere. Sound was loud. I'm up on this, and I'm kind of scared that he's going to lose the bike, and the bike goes into the crowd and kills me. You know, I have kids, so I think of death all the time. There will be death in the wild, but at any rate. This, this guy's revving out, their smoke, and it was a spiritual moment for mm. me. I'm there, yeah. and my I, guess, I know, I, when I say it, people are like, huh? And this is what happened. It was a spiritual moment for me. It's smoke everywhere. It's craziness. It's loud. And this is a place where this chaos happened, where death happened for uh, Mike Brown, and I felt the presence of God there. Mm. No worship music, no sound, no preaching. Yeah. I just felt the presence of God there. I went back to my big white evangelical church and I told that story. And I was brought into a nice clean office and I was told that, you know, that's not necessarily how we tell a story. You know, you're a lead pastor of of one of our churches and that's not how we tell a story. In that moment, I knew that there was no church in the wild. When I experienced God in the wild, I knew that, oh, this tank. This is not necessarily where I belong. We we fought so hard to be in the boardroom. And I say we. I mean minorities. We fought so hard to be at the table. I wonder if we've never was really ever meant to be in the boardroom. Dang. What if God was out in the wild? That was my experience, yeah. Mike Brown. That I knew the way I tell stories is different. The way I experienced God, I started experiencing God in different uh, 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 environments that were all outside the church, yeah. and that was. That really provoked me, and, and it gave me
1: an understanding of the wild. That's real. So let me build, build on that, because I, I think it, it, it's also, I'm right, to move this up a little bit. Uh, it's also kind of like this too. You gotta, you, you gotta go into the wild for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Because some people go to the wild for the wrong reasons, because you talk about structure. Structure's not bad, but the wild got cold too. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So some of the things that we learn in some of the places that sometimes we don't even want to be in, so talking about what James was sharing earlier in our B-roll conversation, um, was that we we break down the bookcase to build a table, but I also think you bring the knowledge that you learn uh. from what those books were on the bookcase, and then you implement it in conversations around the table. Yeah. And so there's some stuff that we learned in places that we didn't necessarily know that we weren't meant for. We, some of us were in places of structure that we learned structure in places that were not good for us, but we were meant to take some of the stuff that we learned there out to the wild. Because if you only run out to the wild because you are rebelling of the structure that you came from, like then the problem is you, you weren't just called there. You're just running away from what was inside. And so I think we got to be careful that we don't, uh, we teach people like okay why are you out here like did you did you come here because you were running away because you didn't find a home inside the walls you know what I'm saying like i I think it's gotta be very careful um that we allow people to to heal rightly and let them know like hey the wall's not just meant for you because you weren't understood somewhere else you know what I mean like you gotta have a you gotta have a motor you gotta have a want to you gotta have to have some um, you've you got to come out here for the right reasons. Am I, am I tracking? Am I tracking no, that's okay. good.
0: I would say, too, um, and add to that, that the, yeah, the deconstruction process, we talk about that all the time. You have to have structure to deconstruct. Exactly That's what you're good. talking about, right? So, so when we talk about that, we have we are in a deconstructive process. Yeah, we're 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 pro, we're re, kind of trying to de- deconstruct what we've already learned, but we've had structure already. Now we have structure. We can deconstruct. We can take the pieces apart, and then we can reconstruct on the structure. So what you're saying is absolutely right. Is like as as Jesus is inviting people to the table, he's still bringing something to the table that he wants people to know. Yeah. Right, and I love that. I love that analogy that you talked about the you know the breaking down and I guess you'll have to just go back to a past podcast to hear the whole story. Go back and, and hear that again. Um, but I love that because that's what Jesus did, right? Jesus, if you think, if you read through all of the Gospels, Jesus is either he's either at a meal, c- coming from a meal, or leaving. You know, going yeah. to a meal. Right, mm-hmm. he did everything, almost everything around the table, and so we t- what what we're doing is we're re- we're moving the center. <laughs> I was wondering what it center. was going.
1: I got mine too. I'm ready.
0: We're, we're moving the, the center my. of what of what what God is doing from the temple back yes. to the table. We're, we're moving it from the temple back to the table, and it's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Is like what are the, the things that we've learned from church? Is it, we've learned that you know we're, we're creating all the structure, we're creating all these rules. I'm not saying there's anything bad with that, but we're ha- what we're ha- losing is an encounter with Jesus, because all people are doing is checking off the boxes. Yeah.
3: yeah, I think it's it's so hard. Like when we talk about like the church in the wild, because when we say church, we think about ecclesiology. There's just so many different modes and forms of it. So when we think of it, I think sometimes, I mean. Not to do a church history lesson, but like if we look at Constantine, we look at him making Christianity, the religion, the national religion of the Roman Empire, what we find is Constantinianism take root. And when that takes root, what the church is goes from being wild, like this beautiful, organic organism, these 12 men and Mary and Martha and yeah, The squad of 125 being filled with the Spirit and changing the world, it goes from this to a very, you sit in a room, you listen to a talk, you do this, this, and this. So what we've called the church is really, like, reflective of empire versus being reflective of what Jesus really designed and what he really ordered. And what's wild is, like, when I think about the church, I think about the Gospels, and I think about Jesus— In Matthew 16, it's interesting, when they're in Caesarea Philippi, so they're in like the town of Philip the Caesar, right? Peter has this moment where he sees Jesus for who he truly is, the Christ, the son of the living God. And upon this rock, upon this profession, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. I think we've so far strayed away from the wild and organic structure like, we've taken tomatoes. God's asked us for tomatoes, and we've made ketchup. But God doesn't want ketchup. He wants tomatoes. And I think the gates of hell will prevail against ketchup because God is asking us for tomatoes. And I think our structures and our systems, while structures and systems are good, I just don't know if that's what God has asked us for. Like, we've made ketchup, and I think we've... Yeah. I like it. I
4: wanted the like well, I talked about the boardroom, do we belong? the Nicene Creed is, you know, before you have Jesus with his disciples and the church, people are seeing miracles and experiencing God. And you see at the Nicene Creed where a board, a, a table boardroom was built and decisions were made that ultimately how we are, to live out our faith, which is not necessarily bad in and of itself, but it does n- now create a cycle of, oh, we need to have these rules and this thing in place, ultimately, so that we can, so that we can, can, um, I don't want to say control, but in many ways so we can wrap our minds around it, so that we can see what God is doing, and I'm not necessarily sure that is how we need to continue forward, ultimately always having the board because God is in the planning and in the details for sure, but when we just make it about that, when we hear stories from out in the margins, when we hear stories from out in the wilderness, they don't sound like God's stories because they didn't come from the boardroom. They didn't come from the structure, and I am saying, I do say be careful. I understand what Vincent is saying in terms of People saying yes, I'm in the wilderness, and no, that's your rebellion. You 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 like the wild because there's a lot of freedom in the wild. There's a lot of freedom, and that's why we're scared of the wild because there's a lot of freedom out there, and you don't get to be. You're not necessarily what's right and wrong. Sometimes can be skewed. Like I I get all of that, but uh, and I think people need. We need to speak to everyone, even today, that uh, we need. That may be some people, but there's there are also people like myself. And I I feel like that we're forced into the wilderness because you wouldn't go out there otherwise because you're so used to familiar. Jesus, Jesus was led into the spirit. I, I really feel my in the season I'm in, like that being led into the wilderness some people don't even know how they got there it's a series of events of pandemic of a faith a crisis of faith that they've been led into the wilderness not to let you go jesus said i'll never leave us or never leave you or forsake you not to just drop you off in the wilderness but for for you to learn something and so that boardroom, I'm trying to break down, because I will say, I will throw this in the conversation, and you guys can run with it where you want, that I love the table. That table is so inviting, right? But I love uh, I love. my boy said, I'm from the bottom of the map. I'm from places where you may not have a table to eat on, right? So even the idea of table, Woo! you may even not have the equipment to build the table to actually invite Jesus uh-huh. to sit at. What if I'm sitting in the grass? What if I'm sitting in an uncomfortable place amongst thorns and sticks and everything else, and Jesus is right there with me, right? So uh, it's, again, it's wild, it's untamed. Even the table language, which is good and inviting, the table language sometimes for somebody that may be listening that's, shoot, unemployment's ran out, you name it, everything's gone. There may not be a table to actually eat at, to commune with Jesus. You know, we have to keep people in mind like that as well.
1: Man, I, you said it though, but there's here's what you're saying. Man, all you have is all you need. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like some some folk ain't got a tables like, all right, cool. This is the environment that Jesus has called me to communicate with. You know, I I love I love us talking about uh um conscious rap or just just regular regular hip hop right now because um it's it's the guys who uh you know how you guys talk about like uh, like Towel the Creator mm-hmm. and guys like you know like time. like Cole these out like that whatever they're like man these dudes these grew, grew up in the suburbs man it's like I'm so glad now that there are um, people who are getting an opportunity to get the mic who do not have an experience like you don't have to come from the bottom mm-hmm. to have a perspective yeah. on. You know what i'm saying like what real hip-hop is you know what i'm saying and it's like there's so there's the diversity of where god meets you where you are to come and dine with you whether you got a table or whether you got a coffee pot or whether you got uh the the stump, you know what I'm saying? What what it was it's the front of the block. Like all you got is what you need. And when you're right, man, that, that pushback is necessary because it's like, man, if if we don't the structure, that's good, like the structure that some people uh, needed um in that season, then moves into you don't need that for now because man, I think about my own life. Some of the places I ended up in, I wouldn't have chosen for myself. Mm-hmm. I had to be pushed there so I could realize, like, man, I thought I was made for this. You know what I mean? I thought I was made for this. All of my training came from this. All of my development came from this. And it's like, man, what do you do when God pushes you into the wild and the training that you got was made for somewhere else? Ooh.
3: Yeah. Uh, that's a whole. Uh. Yeah, that's good. Uh, <laughs>
4: that's good. I, I, What have, everybody has a story here, maybe someone can help us, what is, why did God lead us into the wilderness? What was he protecting us from? What was he taking us from? Like, I I know y'all, everyone's story, like, I know pretty much a lot of people's story here and it's very rich, and so everybody can maybe take a stab at this, or one other person take a stab But what was he taking us from? Like, I think people, if people heard your stories, like, what was he pushing you from? For me, like, to, to be... Out of this um, this environment, this predominantly white environment uh, where I was, you know, moving up, you know, you can say corporate ladder in church. It's sad to say you can have a corporate ladder in church. But taking me out of that to a more diverse situation, it was to be able to speak freely and clearly about racial reconciliation. He was taking me from a place that was said they wanted that but did not want that and pushed me into the wilds. Um, what was it for you?
2: You know, I know, I know definitively for me, um, I, I'm in a whole nother season of the wild right now, but this is a different wild <laughs> from what I experienced last time. So I'm not going to talk on this one yet. But the last time I went through a period like this, um, God had to push me into the wild to keep me from becoming my own God to keep me from making my knowledge my God, to keep me from making my experiences my God. And he had to push me into that season so that I could learn to trust and rely on people other than myself. And that was a huge lesson for me the last time I went through a season of the wilderness and got pushed out of my norm and pushed out of what was comfortable for me because I had found myself in a very comfortable church that fully embraced the wild. And my my experiences out there in a completely abnormal experience of what we see in church today and all of that, I had started to feel like, um, you know, my experience is better than somebody else's because I've learned to to buck up against structure. Mm. And my experience with with missional communities and all of that. And I I can use all these terms like learning communities and missional communities. And I understand this and I understand that. And I've studied theology and listened to how smart I am. Like my knowledge and my experience had become what I unknowingly worshipped and valued more than God himself. Mm. And he had to put me in this season where I had to rely on everyone around me. and And it was humbling and it was hard and it was painful. And I remember being in the middle of it and, and looking at one of my best friends, uh, uh, my friend Jordan, and I looked at her and I was like, I am just begging God to get me to the other side of this mm. to where I can say that it was good. Because mm. right now it doesn't feel good, good cut, and I right. don't see it as good, but I believe with my whole heart that God is good. And so I know that there will come a day where I will say that this is good, but I'm not there yet. But man, I got to that day. And it was it, it was it was wonderful. It was great. I, I, def- I remember where I was standing. I was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I wasn't even in Canton. And I was standing in Pittsburgh with, uh, with a friend of mine. And I, and I literally started weeping because through conversation with her, God connected the dots. And I went, oh, my gosh, that's why I've been living this. That's why these last few years have felt the way they did. Like, thank you, God. I see this wilderness and I understand now and and it's so good. And and it deepened it deepened my relationship with my husband. It deepened my love for the church. It taught me that I can actually trust people other than myself. And man, when you realize the purpose of the wilderness, like there is there is nothing greater. And for me, it showed me how much more I could trust God. Mm-hmm. Like, can I,
1: I want to pose this question to all of y'all because what I hear some of what you're saying in this is, um, have you ever gotten good at something you didn't want to get good at? <laughs> have, have have you ever, because uh, a lot of what we're talking about is like just gifted, talented people in this room. We have certain abilities and sometimes the, the, the structured place will teach us how to hone those so good to where we know what to do with them without thinking Mm -hmm. and if we train that to become our identity then leaving that to go to the wild is painful so are there any y'all break break down with me a little bit those moments so so let's say that you were in a structured environment and uh you were good at, I'm, I'm a basketball guy, so let's let's say you're a basketball coach, and um, I'm using Eric Spolstra, for example. They brought this brother from the video room uh, to now become a coach. What his skill set was, was breaking down film and sharing that information with coaches to then allow them to make adjustments in how they played the game. But he got so good at that um, now he's in a place where it's like, okay, now becoming a coach is not just telling you what to do. It's trying to help you implement it and then talk to the players and then make adjustments on the fly. You can't you can't you can't go back to the film room and say, Well, I'm gonna see this one, break it down. You're seeing it in live action. And so but you got really good at that. And then God shuts that door for you, like, I don't want you back there anymore. I want you here. And but you didn't want to, like, so you're relishing a place where you got good at something. You didn't want to be good at it. You kind of wanted to be on the floor, but now that you're here, now that you got pushed to the wild, you're like, I, I kind of got more comfortable back here. You know, does that make sense? Are there moments for, for y'all like that that you kind of see where, like, man, I, I didn't mean to get here. <laughs> I, I this, this was This is not at all. Like, I, I kind of see a little bit how I got pushed out here, but this was something that I got good at. That I didn't even want to be, you know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, running conferences, <laughs> so y'all are here right now because we're doing absurd. I literally looked at my husband. I looked at Corey like three weeks ago, and I said, "Why am I running this?" Mm how did i i don't want to do this i don't want to run this i don't want the stress of this i don't want the organization of this i don't want to have to do the planning of this i don't want to do any of this how did i get here and we're sitting here in year three of absurd that is literally why you guys are even here and I, i there was never a day in my life where i thought man i would really love to run a conference and be in charge of venues and schedules and planning and volunteers man that sounds like a dream never man i never wanted to get good at that
0: and so how do you feel about it now
2: I still feel that way. I still feel that way. I mean, I do it. I do it for the edification of the body and because you all like want to be here, but man, I like I am an I am an introvert who has no desire to spend days on end like stressing over things. Somehow I'm even speaking at this thing this year. Like never. That was never my goal. <laughs> I do it. I do it because I believe in it. Wholeheartedly, I believe in the mission. I believe in the vision. But it was an it, it, uh, God might not say this, but I will. It was an accident. Oh. This was oh. a proposal that I wrote in a paper for grad school, oh, and my God. professor at the end of it was like, "This is fantastic." And then I I showed it to Corey, and I was like, "Should we do this? Like, is it was this more than a paper?" And he was like, "Yeah, let's see what happens." I think it's
4: a combination. I think you know, I was. I was in a place where uh, I was asked to, to take over a church in a you know highly structured environment uh, with resources galore, yeah. and uh, you know fun conversations and coffee and all of the great things that you have in a uh, resourced uh, church environment, and to take over a church where there were shared um, shared graphics, people you know everything was shared amongst a a group of churches um and then to break away from that well to to kind of be forced not kinda i I like to say kinda whenever i say kinda it never is kinda it's like (laughs) exactly what i try to be nice kinda is my way yeah voluntary. like hey you guys we're shutting this down right um and i was i was forced into the wilderness of church planting And it was always weird because I was in this resourced community leading a church that was supposed to be a church plant, but and I was going to church planting conferences and didn't feel like a church planter. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't feel like – I didn't know how to – I'm not a church plant. And then – because I didn't – I wasn't bearing the full weight of it. And God – you know, I feel like the Spirit led me to to plant my first church, and it was – it was awesome, but I had already had relationships where people were coming and the resources were there, and so it felt good. Like, oh, I, you know, I can do this, and and we made it work without all of the resources God provided. And He taught me in that season of church planting. He He, he taught me to to trust Him and, and rely and really, um, yeah, just rely on His guidance. And now in planting with no resources. Um, Planting, I've seen how he's provided, but it's it's kind of like this. It's kind of like, you know, uh, getting fed by the doves and ra- ravens, right? You know, no one wants to get a, a piece of food here and there. No one wants that. You want God to provide, you know, as they tell us, abundantly more than we can ever ask, think, or imagine, right? Like, we want God to fill our cup to overflowing. But what happens sometimes when he leads you to the wilderness is he gives you exactly what you need, at the exact timing, oh, so that oh. you can understand it, and it was that place that's been uncomfortable, and so it's the church planting, all that to say uh, church planting, now planting two churches, one in Orange County and one in LA. Um, I'm watching God provide um, venues. I'm watching him bring people. Um, they're great, and it's been great, but it's it's been a slow you know, slow kind of. Okay, God, now we got the space. Now this is wonderful. Where's the people, right? <laughs> and we got a good. I'm gonna corporate. bring
0: 31 week, right. and the next right. week will be five. Cryptocurrency. <laughs> I
4: say church planning and church attendance in the pandemic is like cryptocurrency. Oh, it's the most volatile.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh it is the most God. volatile thing oh ever. Me. If you know anything about cryptocurrency, one minute you feel like you'll be the next uh, 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 Mark Zuckerberg or somebody, right? Uh, Jeff Bezos. You're gonna me. I'm gonna be. One week uh, in cryptocurrency. The next week, you could be feel like you're about to go to the pawn shop. Like, I got to sell everything. I need a few dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's what church attendance is like. Church, one minute, you're like, we're about to be the next greatest thing ever. This I was a great idea. Any space. And now, and then maybe the next Sunday, you're like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken <laughs> me? And so what I, do? what I do wrong, Lord, what I do. And, and so church planting, man, it's all of the the ups and downs. And I didn't necessarily ever see myself as a church planter. Um, and now I find myself leading and watching God provide um, on his timing uh, and being faithful to that and sticking with it. Uh, and so for me, it's it definitely church planting. I was pushed. I was led into that. And it's something. I can't say I have a knack for cuz the jury's still out, but it's something that I am committed to cuz I my conviction is driven by a conviction that God has given me to see more multi-ethnic uh churches planted in our, in our country.
2: So, let's uh let's let's land on something tangible here as we as we wrap up We've talked about the wilderness. We've talked about, uh, is God leading you there? Did you put yourself there? Is this the consequences of your own actions or did did you follow the spirit somewhere? Let's get super tangible. How can someone tell if they have landed in the wild? How can someone tell if they have landed there because of their own actions or if they followed God? How can we tell? How can we discern what put us in the spot that we're in?
3: Discernment is tricky. And I think to not acknowledge that discernment is tricky is to not really acknowledge like our humanity. Mm-hmm. And discernment is tricky because we're humans. God is immutable and unchanging. We are very much so mutable and changing. Yeah. We, yeah, I, yeah. If I pull up at McDonald's and there's a line, I'm upset. Right? <laughs> if the calves win, I'm very happy, right? Yeah. Fickle. Fickle and finite, right? But I think with discernment, there's a couple there's a couple rules we can follow that'll point us in the right direction. These aren't yeah, a couple rules we can follow. I don't fool with him, but the institutes are dope. Brother Calvin says that the language of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Scripture. Yeah. I think as we're trying to discern the Holy Spirit and whether or not, like, we've been put in this different position or not, the Spirit's not going to tell us anything that the Scripture does not confirm. Yeah. The Scriptures are God breathed. So I think if we read the Scriptures and we acquaint ourselves with the Scriptures, what we'll find is moments in Scriptures where folks are trying to discern the same things. And I think if we can follow. Those cues, we can find ourselves in spaces where we say, "All right, this is Jesus," or "All right, this is as a result of my like poor and terrible living." Right? Jesus is driven into the wilderness. Right? But he's driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, and what happens to him in the wilderness is he's tempted. I think if we're in the wilderness, and yeah, we've not been driven there by the Spirit, maybe it won't look like Matthew chapter four, (laughs) like. I think that's, like, one surefire way. I think the Spirit also, like, speaks through, like, community in huge ways. Like, the Holy Spirit exists in, like, the church community or Christian community around you. And I think if everyone around you is saying, hey, you've been living a lie, and this is why you're out in the wilderness, then maybe you should, like, reassess, like, what's going on. Mm -hmm. But if the people around you are... Encouraging you, telling you to keep going, telling you that there's gonna be a brighter day after the dark is dark, then maybe like the spirit is driven you out there. I think those are a couple,
0: yeah. That's really a good. couple sign points. Really good. And I, I would just add to that, I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything you said. Whether you're not you're led by the spirit or because of your own actions. Mm. I think one thing that we do need to remember is that God will never forsake you, no matter what. Whether it is but you were you were led by your own actions or the Come Spirit on. led you, He will always be yeah. with you. He will always be with you. Seek and you will find. Seek and you will find.
4: Now uh, you know that's the that's the California answer, a little bit more progressive. Like, don't matter who did it or why, he, God will be there. That was exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Exactly that. Um, I think it's important to know and to learn, ultimately, is this, um, it's important to know whether you, this is a something of your own doing, mm-hmm. right? I think it's important to know that your habits led you here. Don't blame it on the devil. How many times, you know, no, oh, me. the devil did this? We give him a lot credit. did it, credit. You did <laughs> it right? He right. gets too much credit. But it's, imp- I, I think, what I was sitting here thinking is the same exact thing. No matter why, how you got there, you're there. Mm-hmm. Right? And God can meet you there. Yeah. That's the most important thing to me. It, it yeah. is. We do need to learn. We do need to learn about uh, discernment and being able to discern and, and did God godly. Because I think there are many people on the spectrum, uh, ultimately on the spectrum of the wilderness, and they may have walked themselves there. And that's okay, too. He never leave us or forsake us, right? Mm. There's no height, no depth. Nothing can mm. separate us from God's love. So you're not too far. I just, I guess, ultimately, I just want... I want to help people because of me. I feel like the wilderness is a place where you can grow. It's not a to fight. I'm, not, yeah. I'm trying to get yeah. people my I'm trying to get people don't try to run out of the wilderness. Right. like right. it is a place where you can grow because we wouldn't have this country. This country was the wild, wild West. Where I'm from is the yeah. where I'm living now is the wild wild West. People <laughs> built houses in the desert. I don't know if you've ever driven to Phoenix, but there's nothing there. Then there's this beautiful metropolis. you can build in uninhabited places in, in desert places and God will bless it. It doesn't matter how you got there; you're there. So that is my point in the wilderness, uh, and yeah, we're us LA people are outing ourselves.
0: No, you can, and there's definitely like understanding of what got you there because I think that is actually really important. But I think one of the one of the probably one of the bigger takeaways are what are the lessons that you're taking out of the wilderness? Mm. Oh yeah.
1: So you said Holy Spirit, Holy Scripture, Paul, and. And the folks taking him get shipwrecked on Malta. They get shipwrecked on Malta. They pull up. They were like, oh, man, look at this dude and these people. Like, well, you you survived the storm. So, man, y'all must be some type of special. Then they're making a fire and a snake bites his hand. Like, this dude's a devil. We got to run him out of here, you know. And then uh, I believe it's Publius who's on that island. His father gets sick and then Paul goes and lays hands on Publius's father and he recovers now nobody in the in between that time um the the snake that bit him was supposed to be poisonous and deadly and Paul never fell ill and then later now he goes and lays hands on Publius's father and he gets well well Paul didn't grow another hand mm-hmm. the same hand that had they got bit is the same hand that now has power and Ooh. this same hand that helped heal this other brother while he's out in the wilderness, while he is out here. Now, here's the part that shouts me as they're getting back on the ship, the, the people from the island give Paul and whoever else was with him as they're taking them away this brother way to go to Rome. You know what I'm saying? Paul ends up providing for himself and the people who have captured him because of his obedience while in the wild. So, while in the wild, the stuff that we have to remember is like, man, like, oh, I've been, I've been wounded here. God's going to use the place where you've been wounded. You know what I'm saying? To use in yeah. power while out in the wild. That's good. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, how, how do how do we know we got sent out there? Well, it's, how, I, part of the reason we know in discernment of the Holy Spirit, how we've been sent out there is what God allows us to do while we out there. You know what I'm saying? Is the Holy Spirit, is, is the Holy Spirit yeah. with you out there? Is yeah. he with you in here? And so, Paul was doing the exact same work when he was not in the wild, and now he's doing the exact same work here. I think that's the hallmark to say like, man, God was with him. And so, if we're able to see that God was out was at work doing the same things we were doing out there. Then while we're out here, we got pushed. Well, we got pushed here, chose here, whatever. We already know how Paul got up in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think how we can discern some of that is was God doing this out there and in here? Mm. And obviously He was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The altar is open.
2: Ah yeah yeah. That's all. all. It's so good to be with you guys. I'm so glad that all of you are here for a few more days. Um, Listen, if uh, Danielle or Vincent or Lamont said anything that, uh, that you want to know more about or you want to continue learning from them, uh, in the descriptions on this episode, we're going to link up their ministries. We're going to link up their, their Instagram handles. We will connect you with them in any way that we can because they are amazing teachers and they have so much wisdom. And so we'll link that stuff up. Just hit the uh, read more in the description on this episode and you'll be able to get all their info. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being uh, a faithful listener. We'll be back in two more weeks and we're gonna go eat some lunch with this crew. All right, bless up.